Welcome to Divorce and Other Things You Can Handle, a branded podcast from Worthy. I'm Mandy Walker and I'm your host. Selling a piece of jewelry like an engagement ring or wedding set can be a nightmare, but Worthy is a selling partner you can trust to work with you and for you to get the best deal on your piece. And if you're thinking it's not worth the hassle, remember that your diamond engagement ring can be the financial asset that allows you to embrace that fresh start after divorce. Worthy helps you get the best deal possible for the jewelry you've outgrown. And for a limited time, our podcast listeners can get a $100 gift card when they sell their jewelry with Worthy. Go to worthy.com forward slash podcast to learn more. For this episode, we're talking about Valentine's Day, the holiday that's all about love, and also the holiday which I think in that year of firsts after divorce is the hardest one to handle. Joining us is divorce recovery coach Martha Bodyfelt. Martha works with professional women to help them overcome their divorce pain and break free from the patterns keeping them stuck so that they can feel fulfilled, have more fun and live fearlessly. Welcome, Martha. Thank you, Mandy. Thank you so much. And I'm really excited to speak with you and share with your listeners a little bit about how they can actually make this Valentine's Day the best damn Valentine's Day they've ever had, even if this is the first one they've had as a single person. So I'm excited to have this conversation. Awesome. So, you know, I wanted just to start off by just acknowledging, and it's kind of a bit grim, but really how awful that first Valentine's Day after divorce is. Because I want our listeners to know that it isn't just them, that they aren't being a spoiled sport. It just hits you in the face. I mean, you can't even go to the grocery store without being deluged with roses and balloons and stuffed animals and chocolates. I mean, there's just no escaping it. So am I exaggerating that? No, absolutely not. And I, from personal experience, can can certainly vouch for that because I remember my ex and I had a separated right at the beginning of the year. So Valentine's Day was literally only, you know, five or six weeks after that. And I remember my friends being very kind and getting me out of the house. Oh, let's go see this jazz band. Let's go to dinner, really doing their best to make me feel good. And although it was great to spend that time with my friends, I was still coming home to that empty apartment, just feeling really down. And it took, you know, it took a couple of years to kind of reclaim the Valentine's Day for myself and working with the clients that I do. It is still an issue they have, not only after the the first Valentine's Day after their divorce, but some of these women who have been divorced for a couple of years, they still absolutely hate it. And they see all the Facebook postings and all of that. And they just say, I just want to take down my blinds and, you know, not get out of my bed. Or they say, can I just run away to Antarctica and come back on February 15th? So if you don't learn those tools and skills to be able to take your Valentine's Day back after divorce, it can be really painful. But fortunately, there's folks here who can help you make it actually uh, any other day or actually a day you really, really love. Right. And that's that's great because that's what I want us to, to talk about. Mm-hmm. So you always have the best suggestions for shifting your perspectives and being kind to yourself. 
So I wondered if you could just like tell me what is your favorite strategy for someone to get through Valentine's Day? Is it just to buy a big box of chocolates and <laughs> wine and binge something on Netflix and eat chocolates? And- I mean, that is literally my definition of a perfect day every day. <laughs> um, but that that's just that's just me. Let's between you, me, and the listeners. Let's ch- not tell my doctor or my dentist. But, you know, I was thinking about this, Mandy, that what is it, the kind of information that I share with my clients and I share with with listeners. And while I love those ideas of buy yourself a great bottle of wine, go out with your girlfriends, see a funny movie, go and treat yourself. And I think those are those are great. I think those are fun. I think that those are things that we should be doing as divorced women every damn day of the year. But I was really thinking, though, that I think it goes deeper than that. So while those surface things are great to do, such as treating yourself and spending time with your girlfriends, what I like to share with with my clients who are nearing Valentine's Day again is I think one of the best things that you can do is really get curious with that belief system that is causing you to feel poorly on Valentine's Day. And so when I say kind of get curious with why you're feeling that dread or, or pain or fear, why is that? And so if you think about, well, is it because society is telling me that being alone is a bad thing? Is it that for some reason we are brought up, especially as women in our culture, to believe that we are not worth anything unless we have a partner? So if we have those types of things and if we're receiving that type of information, well, no wonder why we feel terrible. And another thing I think to get curious about on Valentine's Day is what are the reasons that we feel like this? And is it because we as a society have been teaching divorced people that you and your value is solely based on your relationship status? And so when we receive these messaging, yes, your divorce was painful, but I would really ask readers and I ask my clients to dig a little bit deeper. And if you kind of get to an understanding of maybe this isn't just all in my head, maybe this isn't me feeling bad because I've just been divorced, but maybe there's this messaging that I've received and this messaging is incorrect. Once we have that base understanding, I think that is when we can start kind of working through that pain and working through that feeling of being so self-conscious on Valentine's Day. Well, Martha, that is so, so helpful because I think, you know, that the, the key there is like, you know, the, the chocolates, the wine, the girlfriends are, are all fun, but they're momentary or transitory. Mm-hmm. They, they don't last. The impact mm-hmm. doesn't last. But really thinking about that, message like you said get curious about why your belief system and why you feel uncomfortable around valentine's day as a divorced person i think it could be a really breakthrough thinking absolutely and obviously it's not the easier of the options which is why it's so hard and i know when my clients talk to me and i say well why do you believe that why do you feel you're not worth anything unless you're with the spouse why do you feel like time is running out if you're a woman of a certain age or a person of certain age and you feel like you're going to be alone with 18 cats in your apartment what are the reasons you feel like that and then they stop and think and say well you know it's because i remembered when i was a teenager 
my mother saying, you always need to be a good girl or else how are you going to get a husband? Or don't cause too much ruckus because then none of the boys are going to like you. And so I see a lot of folks who are coming out of divorce and specifically women, because that's mainly my client base, is, is there's that whole level of people pleasing. And I think what a lot of women deal with, especially during divorce and the holidays, especially Valentine's Day, is, oh, I have to make other people feel comfortable. I don't want to be seen as this single sad person on Valentine's Day. And so one of the things that I would actually kind of work with clients and suggest to the listeners as well is one of the other ways to really celebrate Valentine's Day and to kind of heal yourself from that divorce pain is to basically stop living by other people's expectations of you. That basically we are taught that divorce is a bad thing and, oh, you're just a sad sack if you're alone on Valentine's Day. And one of the ways that you can really love yourself and really treat yourself right this Valentine's Day and Valentine's Day beyond is basically not giving a crap about what other people are thinking. I really had to censor myself right there because I was going to say some other words. I'm trying to class it up. We are doing a podcast for worthy I just, I, I had to class it up and not say my usual, you know, my F-bombs and my, you know, my BS-bombs. But um, basically, Mandy knows me. And so she knows that I'm really trying to kind of censor myself and keep it classy here. But for everybody to love yourself on Valentine's Day is to just let go of what you think other people are thinking of you. Maybe and one- let, let go of any judgment that you think mm-hmm. you are having about around your divorce like you know mm-hmm. you didn't work hard enough you shouldn't have done it or it's your your fault somehow or other it's just like let that go and mm-hmm. not accept the judgment because it's like you can only be judged if you accept it but it's all those, mm-hmm. those messages going mm-hmm. through your head mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and we just get in our heads so much especially if you're at the beginning of divorce, because we are really questioning our self-esteem. We're really questioning our whole identity that who am I if I'm not part of a couple? Who am I if I'm not a wife? And being single really shines a light on that during Valentine's Day, because it's kind of this narrative that we have during Valentine's Day in our society that if you're not with a couple and you're not part of that, you don't have an identity. You don't deserve an identity. And it's just a very unhealthy narrative that we really just kind of take for granted because it's this programming that we've all received. And it is kind of very similar to, well, I don't have somebody to kiss on New Year's Eve. And it's it's very similar that uh, they, when we're in it, I'm like, go find your dog, give your dog a big hug and a kiss. <laughs> but uh, just me, just me doing that. But I think that is one of the ways to really kind of get grounded with loving yourself and celebrating who you are and not giving a damn about if you're with somebody or not on Valentine's Day is, am I feeling badly because I'm thinking that people think I should be in a relationship? And I think one of the things that really causes people to to feel bad is when they're following social media. And so if we're looking for practical things, because I know we've been kind of talking about strategic kind of things here, and some of the listeners might just be like, you know what? I just wanted to hear these ladies say, go Netflix and chill by myself or go buy a pound of chocolate and eat it for myself. So for the listeners who are looking for more kind of like tactical things, one of the things I would suggest on Valentine's Day is to completely ignore and even take any of the social media apps off your phone. 
because here's what you're going to find on Valentine's Day is you're going to find Linda, the girl you went to high school with, who married her high school sweetheart, who was actually really mean, who's just really annoying. And you just can't see that bouquet of flowers that her husband, Carl, got her. And she's like, oh, I'm married to the love of my life. Happy Valentine's Day, babe. Because you know those things are going to trigger you on Valentine's Day. So instead of being drawn into that and thinking, oh, I'm just a sad sack because I'm not with somebody, take away those triggers that are going to remind you. And the triggers that we all have are whenever we look on Facebook, whenever we look on Instagram. So just for that day, just take it off your phone. Right. And if you can't do that, because if you're wired and you're addicted, like we all are, set that time on your phone that you can only look at Facebook or Instagram for 10 minutes that day. If you can't just pull yourself away from it because you don't need that constant stimulus that Valentine's Day couples love, especially when you're hurting. Don't right. do that to yourself. Right. Absolutely. That's, um, I love that suggestion. And Martha, we're going to take a short break here and come back because I have some other questions to ask you about. But I, I love that about treating yourself and getting curious about your belief system to really understand why you're having those reactions to Valentine's Day that you are. Moving past divorce is hard enough without your old engagement ring staring you in the eye every time you open your jewelry box. With Worthy, you'll find a selling partner who will help you transform your rings from dusty relics of hard times to a financial asset to help you start fresh. Worthy takes care of everything from insurance coverage to secure shipping, professional grading, and more. So when you're ready to sell, partner with Worthy. We're ready when you are. And for a limited time, our podcast listeners can get an extra $100 to Amazon when they sell their jewelry with Worthy. Go to worthy.com forward slash podcast to learn more. Welcome back to Divorce and Other Things. I'm your host, Mandy Walker. And in this episode, we're talking about facing Valentine's Day after divorce with divorce recovery coach, Martha Bodyfell. So what I wanted to talk about was kids. And for me, it's it's been a while. My kids are now in their 20s. But when I got divorced, they were 11 and 14. And I have very vivid memories of elementary and middle school when they would be expected to take in Valentine cards for the rest of the class. There'd be class parties. And of course, things are a little bit different at the moment with COVID. But what if you really wanted to say to your kids that you're skipping Valentine's Day this year altogether because of the divorce? And that means they have to skip it too because you just don't feel like it. Do you have some suggestions uh, to our, for our listeners about how to help their kids celebrate the day without making it too difficult for yourself? Absolutely. And I think one of the ways to do that is to reclaim Valentine's Day. And remember that there are many types of love. We just solely in our society think of romantic love, but there is 
familial love. There is love for yourself. There's love for friendships. And there's all these other types of love. And so you don't want to be a Scrooge to your kids. Because I remember when I was like a pudgy little eight-year-old making my own little Valentine's Day box and covering it in construction paper and drawing what I thought was like a really great crocodile. And then I looked at it later. I'm like, this, this is crap. But yeah, you don't want to be a Scrooge with your kids. But I think something that can help you cope and that can also create kind of a beautiful environment, celebratory environment for your kiddos is to kind of celebrate those different forms of love. And so that is really harping on and enunciating the friendship part of Valentine's Day, that it's great to have friends. It's great to celebrate and tell your friends how much you you care about them. And for you as the person who's divorced, who's struggling with that, you have permission to do that too. You have permission to fall in love with yourself on Valentine's Day. And what does that mean? Does that mean the wine? Sure. Does that mean going and dancing to Whitney Houston in your socks in the kitchen? Always a great idea. But something that you can do then is think about well, what would you like to do on Valentine's Day? We talked about getting curious about narratives, but let's bring that down more to the personal level. Getting curious. Is there an old hobby that you haven't looked at or an interest that you loved before you were married that you didn't have time to do where you just kind of lost the interest in it as you got older, but now that you're looking to do something, do you want to revisit that? Do you want to maybe go to an old record shop if those things still exist and take a look at the vinyls there? Are there things such as maybe going and taking a look at one of those master classes or Coursera and really kind of getting into a topic that you loved in the past that maybe you haven't had time to? So when we get curious, when we start to think about what is it that we as individuals want and what makes us passionate and what makes us excited and gives us purpose beyond just being a sad divorcee, all of those things are practical. Those are things that you can do on Valentine's Day. And when we do those things, those are the building blocks to rebuilding our confidence after a painful divorce. And if I can share an example of that, I had a, a, a client recently who had a devastating divorce and she was just really nervous about Christmas time and the holidays. And so I had said, well, what is it that you've always been interested in that you couldn't? And she said, you know, I've always wanted to take an acting class, but everybody thought it was frivolous. And I had to be the dutiful person at my job and the dutiful mother, but I've always wanted to do that. But I guess I've been shy because it's so frivolous. And I said, expressing yourself through healing and through the arts is not frivolous. It's necessary. And so coaching her, she is now in this acting class and she reads me her monologues and it's fantastic. So that's just an example of things that clients can do or things that divorced listeners can do falling in love with themselves. And here's what that does. If you're doing something fun and your children see that, remember that children always model your behavior. Yes. Yeah. So if your little eight-year-old or nine-year-old kiddo sees, you know, if they see mommy, oh, mommy's going to go to a dance class. That looks like fun. And they're showing that she is joyful and she is doing things for herself they're going to model that. Oh, mommy's not acting sad and mommy's being, you know, she's helping us with our Valentine Day boxes and isn't muttering under her breath, oh, Valentine's Day is stupid or, you know, crying. They're going to think, okay, well, then that is modeling a healthy behavior for your children. And that's a good way to cope. If you're remembering, if you're showing yourself love and you're showing yourself respect, 
your children are going to absorb that. And so when they're adults, they're going to be able to have that self-worth for themselves and the self-love for themselves. And I think that's just a great kind of gift that keeps on giving. Right. And I want to pick up on like what you said, right. The, when we came back from break about reclaiming Valentine's day and the many different types of love, because I think that's what helped me personally. I remember when I faced that first Valentine's day and thinking, what am I going to do about, you know, how, how do I observe this? The kids are excited about it. There's all this stuff going on. And I did decide at that point, well, you know, Valentine's day is about love and I love my kids. So I can celebrate it with my kids. And then I got into this habit of actually, I like to bake. And so I baked them a cake on Valentine's Day and I decorate it with a heart and say, this is because I love you. I love that. I absolutely love that. And I have a client who on Valentine's Day, she, I don't know where she found them, but they're adorable. They're cookie cutters, but they're giant hearts. And I don't know how she does it. She's more technically savvy in the kitchen than me, but she makes pancakes for her children. And the pancakes are heart shaped. And to see her kids just light up and they're so excited because the pancakes are hearts. And that that is kind of paying her in dividends as well. And so absolutely, if you're divorced and you still have younger kids at home, making it about them and celebrating the love that you have with your children, that is fantastic. I love that. I love that because it's just, it's setting an incredible example. But if you are someone whose kids are already grown, there's no reason that you can't do that for yourself. Yeah. You can bake yeah. your own damn cake if you want to, or make yourself delicious pancakes, or take yourself on a fun getaway where there's a camp or where there's a fire and you can sip hot cocoa and read a trashy romance novel. That may be what I'm doing on Valentine's Day. Who knows? But you can reclaim that in ways that are love for yourself that have nothing to do with romantic love. Well, and as we're talking, I'm just remembering that my first Valentine's Day after getting divorced my house was ready to move into. And the movers said, well, we don't have anything going on on Valentine's Day. It's kind of a dead day for us. And I thought, oh, you know what? I can take Valentine's Day. I can move into my new house on Valentine's Day. That seems like a perfect way to spend that day this year. And it was just like, oh, wow, this is, and it turned out to feel like it was kind of a celebration of the next phase, this next phase of my life and being in my own house. And it was a lot of work, of course, moving always is, but it was all right. There's no reason why you can't move into a house on Valentine's day. I think that's a wonderful idea. And it's always these things that when there are feelings of dread or when there are feelings of pain, what I always like to encourage my clients to do is you can use that as energy towards something else that is going to pay off in dividends. And so much like how you're like, hey, I'm going to move on Valentine's Day and that is a clean slate. That is perfect. I had a client hating Valentine's Day. So I said, okay, go ahead and just take Facebook off of your phone. But I know you've been mentioning wanting to go on this trip, you know, for spring break. And so she carved out every, like, and for the past couple of Valentine's Day, what she does is she puts on some music that she likes. She has a wonderful bottle of wine and she uses that day when she's not working or when she gets off work to plan her spring break trip. Great. She's looking forward to it. So there's things that you can do to take back the day and celebrate and celebrate Valentine's Day for yourself that have nothing to do with, with being in a relationship. Okay. Great. I'm keeping an eye on the time here, but I have a really important question to ask you now. So 
should you help your kids make or buy a Valentine's Day gift for their other parent? Are you failing Parenting 101 if you say, oh, no, I'm not doing that? This is a very good question. And so I know that everybody's divorce situation is very different than anybody else's, especially if they are divorcing someone who abused them or cheated on them. So that can be very kind of complicated. But if you do decide to help your kids with buying a present, remember, this is not about you. It's about establishing a healthy relationship of your child with that other parent. And if you are struggling, we can go back to what is that love? And doing that is love for your children. And if you can put that through the lens of, I'm going to help them pick out a card, or I'm going to help them pay for this gift for their parent, and don't think about it within the context of you, but think about it as, I'm doing this for love for my children, that I think is going to be a better pill to swallow than just saying, no, no, no. Because the thing is, if your kids are young, I'm no child psychologist. I'm a, I'm a divorce recovery coach, right? But like, if your children are young and they're absorbing that hatred and that vitriol and no, 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 I'm not doing that, what is that teaching your children about relationship? What is that teaching your children about when they get married or they have relationship trouble? Because remember, kids absorb this. So that is incredibly painful. Nobody is denying that. Nobody is saying it's not. But if you can frame that in terms of, I am doing this to express the love for my children, and then you get that done and over with, you come back from Target, and then you go do something for yourself, right. then it's all, it's a, and then call it a day. <laughs> and it might also be that your children actually really want to do something for their other parent, but they need some help. And maybe they've been like, they're not really sure how to broach the subject with you. But yeah, I I do think that helping them to give a gift is also Mm -hmm. teaching them about honoring the love Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. giving a gift doesn't have to mean spending money. You can Mm -hmm. do an art project, you can make a card, but it's some sort of, it's an expression of appreciation for what that other person does for them in their lives. And I do Mm -hmm. think it's healthy. I, I like your your perspective of looking at it as being something that you're, you're again, modeling something for your children and it's an opportunity to teach your children rather than even if it's difficult and hard for you to do. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Because especially this is somebody that you're most likely going to be co-parenting with and the relationship you had as husband and wife, that has to be on another playing field than that relationship you're going to have as a co-parent with the children. And what I have seen with clients that really struggle, and it's, it's hard to separate the two. I get it. It's very difficult because you're heartbroken, you're angry, you're grief stricken, but you still have to see this person and arrange who's going to drop the kids off where on the weekend. But it is remembering to compartmentalize and it can be, doesn't mean it's going to be comfortable. Doesn't mean that you're going to like it, but it's something you have to do. And so if you just kind of look at it as kind of a co-parenting business perspective that that is going to be a different relationship, that's okay. Because sometimes it's not about you, <laughs> especially when it comes to co- I know, I know, and I know how crazy that sounds because I just said, we'll take back Valentine's Day for yourself. But when there are kids in the picture and it is, well, can we buy a present for daddy or whatnot? 
seeing that through the lens of co-parenting and doing that, you regain your power still as well, because you're not letting that pain and that hurt poison the relationship that the kids are going to have with their other parent. Right. Right. I'm so glad to have you articulate that and to share that with our, our listeners. You know, mother, I can't believe it. We're, we're out of time. Where'd the time go? It, it's where'd the time go? We could talk for hours. <laughs> so thank you. Thank you so much, Martha. I really appreciate you sharing your expertise with us today. Listeners, my guest today was divorce recovery coach, Martha Bodyfelt. Martha helps professional women break free from the patterns that keep them stuck so they can feel fulfilled, have more fun, and live fearlessly. You can visit Martha at MarthaBodyFelt.com. And, you know, when you go to her website, you'll also find this 30-second quiz that you can do to discover how to get out of your rut. Thanks for listening to Divorce and Other Things You Can Handle, a branded podcast from Worthy dedicated to celebrating women like you as you embrace a new beginning after divorce, separation, or whatever. Worthy is a selling partner with an online auction platform designed to help you sell your jewelry, such as an engagement ring or wedding set. When you decide to send your ring, Worthy takes care of the shipping and insurance to ensure that it arrives safely at our New York office. Once your jewelry arrives, the team at Worthy professionally cleans and photographs it before sending it out to a grading lab. All of these steps are designed to maximize your price in Worthy's online auction, where hundreds of buyers compete for your piece. One of the best parts of selling with Worthy is that you are completely in control. You'll work with Worthy's team to set a reserve price before the auction starts, keeping you in control of how much your ring sells for. If the highest bid comes in below that threshold and you decide not to accept it, we will send your ring back to you and we'll even cover the costs of the insured shipping again. Let us help you get the best deal possible for the jewelry you've outgrown. Are you ready to embrace your fresh start? Us too. And for a limited time, our podcast listeners can get an extra $100 to Amazon when they sell their jewelry with Worthy. Go to worthy.com forward slash podcast to learn more. Make sure you subscribe so you can catch every new episode of Divorce and Other Things in your weekly feed. If you like what you hear, rate and review us to help other women like you find us. This podcast is for you. So reach out to us at podcastworthy.com to let us know what you think and what you want to hear. We look forward to hearing from you. And you can also find more episodes at worthy.com forward slash podcast.